0: Okay, as with any army book, the first thing you'll look at is the battle traits. These are the abilities that are going to apply to your army when you're building a kind of pure army. So if you're building a whole Carriage Overlords army, the battle traits will apply to your army. Obviously because you're excited about Carriage Overlords, you're excited about the boats. And the first thing that we're going to look at um, is exactly how you get in and out of the boats with your units. Uh, there are some sub-factions here which we're going to go through in a minute, but first thing we're going to talk about sky fleets, and let's just talk about them in order. In the carriage overlords Army, transport vessels can embark units as described below. So they can basically get on, get in, sorry, and they can get off, okay? During deployment, you can set them up inside uh, the boat, super simple. Each boat tells you how many people it can put inside of it. As an example, the Ironclad can put 22 inside of it, Okay. So during deployment, you can set it up inside. Sweet. If you're not doing that in deployment, then what you can do, as long as you're wholly within three inches of the, of the uh, boat at the, uh, during your movement phase, so it can either be at the beginning of your movement phase or at the end of your movement phase, so you could move towards the boat and then embark, then you have to be wholly within three inches of the boat and then you can get in. You can move the boat beforehand and then get in. That's allowed. Okay? But you can't move the boat and then get out. That isn't allowed. Well, it's not allowed unless there are some rules that say you can do something different. But that's how it works. When you're inside the boat, uh, embark units are still being treated as on the battlefield. So if something affects, let's say there's some A- an AoE damage spell. It's going to affect the boat and everything inside the boat. AoE means area of effect. Range of visibility to and from models in an embark unit are instead measured to and from the transport vessel. So let's say all the units inside can shoot out, as an example, right? Because they're inside the boat. Then what you do is you measure from the base of the boat versus somewhere else, okay? Really, really easy, okay? And if you want to shoot someone who's inside the boat, you measure to the boat. Very simple. Embarked units are in cover. So if you're in... Oh, also, by the way, if you're inside the boat, you count as flying, okay? That's an important part. Um, Okay, embarked units are in cover, which means you're going to get plus one save. In addition, you get minus one to hit rolls for attacks that target embarked units, Okay, pretty good, pretty good. So it's effectively the garrison rules, but they haven't said it's a garrison. Okay, models in an embarked unit cannot contest objectives. That's actually quite sad, but, like, but um, opinion stuff isn't really necessary here. The boats themselves do actually count for holding objectives. The ironclad, for example, counts as, as five. Uh, embarked units cannot move. However, when a transport uh, vessel finishes any type of move, all units embarked in it are considered to have the main, made the same type of move. So if a boat, for instance, moves and then adds a run roll, so that's called a run move, then everything inside it is count has counted as having made a run move. Okay. If you made a normal move, no problem. If you made a retreat move, everything inside the boat is counted as having made a retreat move. Super simple. And then you've got disembarking. In your movement phase, if a friendly, and I kind of described this already, but effectively, um, it's on the screen there, so you can read it in detail. But you can't move the boat and then everyone get out. But before the boat moves, you can get a unit out wholly within three inches of the boat, and then you can make a normal move. So your dwarfs normally move about four inches. So that means they've got like that seven-inch move, which is pretty nice. Quite like that. Um, if your transport vessel is destroyed before removing movement from play, roll a dice for each. Uh, basically, if you've got 10 dudes in there, you roll 10 dice. If you roll any ones, uh, one of those models is slain, uh, which is good. And it's written in a way so that if you've got, like, 10 dudes and an admiral, you roll 11 dice. And then if you roll a one, you don't have to kill the admiral. You don't roll for him independently. Uh, let me just double check that. If a friendly transport vessel was destroyed before removing movement from play, roll a number of dice equal to the number of models embarked in it. Yes. Um, you choose so you don't have to you don't have to just slay your admiral because you rolled a one okay so love that um when a unit disembarks if a model cannot be set up wholly within three inches of transport uh, in which it's embarked more than three inches from all enemy units so effectively you can never disembark into combat um uh wait in which it's embarked and more than three inches from all enemy units it is slain yeah so you can have a disembark into combat uh, unless you were already in combat at the start of the phase you can't like you can't do any of those things you also can't uh embark while in combat uh, just to just to be clear um uh, yeah in addition to the movement phase if a friendly skyfire unit finishes a move holding three inches of friendly transport vessel and both those units are more than three inches from all enemy units so you can no longer you can't embark in it super simple very easy. So try and TLDR this again uh, just very quickly. you got a boat. Get holding three inches of it and you can move beforehand. Get in the boat. Nice. Get out of the boat. The boat can't move. And then you get out the boat and then you can move. OK. Love it. OK. Uh, so that's the first part. Now on to the rest of the battle trade. Okay, so the next part of your allegiance abilities, the battle traits, we've got two parts. We've got stick to the code, and we've got iron sky command abilities. So stick to the code is effectively your main allegiance abilities. And this is, uh, there are three categories, an article, an amendment, and a footnote, okay? And you choose one of each of those when you build your army list. So you choose one article, one amendment, and one footnote when you create your army list, okay? However, we're going to talk about in a minute, there's a way that you can change some of those bits mid-game. Okay, so let's go through the articles. We've got Honour is Everything. And when a friendly Caradron Overlord unit receives a Rally Command, then it happens on a 4 and not a 6. Okay, pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. You've got Master of the Skies, add 2 inches to the move characteristic of friendly Sky vessels. Pretty good might be really important feel like it's not as important as a rally like can heal in on overlords it's pretty massive they've never really been able to do that much before so that's huge and then you've got settle the grudges after deployment but before uh, the first battle round begins, pick one enemy unit and add one to the wound rolls for attacks made by friendly, carriage and overlord units. Now, that's pretty massive, because plus one to wound on all of your guns, all of your combats from one unit is really good into Death Star units. And if you watch the most recent Stat Center show, uh, I, don't, I mean, depends when you're watching this, but... W- we've been talking about Death Stars and building kind of like big blocks of Varangard or Squig Hoppers or if you go up against Archeons or Nagashis not so much but still then getting plus one to wound for your whole army into something that's meant to be very very survivable is actually really good Uh, so uh, those are the articles. Then you've got amendments so again you choose one of these. Um, I think you're going to see either the four at rally or the plus one to wound chosen but I could be wrong Uh, amendments you've got three always take what you are owed at the start of your hero phase, pick one Arkenaut company and they're going to count as two for holding objectives uh, instead of one until the start of your next hero phase. Now, that's going to be really important if you're trying to, like, um, uh, you know, just grab an objective from your opponent, which they weren't expecting. It's only going to work on Arcanaut company. We've kind of taken a quick look at the Arcanaut company profile. There are 100 points for 10. Uh, they've got 4-up save and only got one wound each, so they were, aren't what I would necessarily describe as like a brawler unit. But maybe there's some ways to change that around, um, but right now they don't look like they necessarily are going to be super vital for holding objectives. But when they're inside a boat, they also can't hold objectives, so toughy. Then you've got Prosecute Wars with all haste. Once per turn in your movement phase, when you make a run roll for a character on Overlord's unit, you can roll 2d6 instead of... Um, instead of a single dice. Could be quite useful, again, for kind of like snatching an objective off your opponent that they weren't expecting, which is kind of like, I kind of like that because both of these feel it like they're playing right into how the army would play. The little thieves and, well, I guess they're not thieves, they're merchants, sorry, pirates. And finally, trust your guns. Once per turn in your shooting phase, you can reroll one hit roll for an, an attack made by a friendly carriage on Overlord's unit. So don't forget, uh, the run 2d6 is once per turn and then the trust your guns is also once per turn. Um, and at the start of your hero phase, you can pick one friendly Arcanaut company until the next start of your hero phase. So all of these apply every single turn. So it's not once per battle. yeah. So this is going to happen each turn. So you've got some real flexibility. You could choose multiple Arkenaut units. Well, you could choose one Arkenaut unit one turn, one Arkenaut unit the next turn. You could run 2d6 with that unit, then run 2d6 with that unit, or you can reroll hit rolls of one. Feels like when you've got a lot of damage, especially on something, let's say, like an Ironclad, you're probably going to choose something like Trust Your Guns, because being able to reroll one of those hits, especially if they don't hit super well, um, makes them more effective and probably something you're going to do. And it's constant, right? If you take an Ironclad, every turn you're going to be able to reroll one of the hits on that unit. feels like that's the one. Uh, Then we've got footnotes. There's no reward without risk. Once per battle in your charge phase, you can attempt to charge with one friendly Carriage on Overlord's unit within 18 inches and roll 3d6. Really good if you've got a combat army, and especially as we know that we can, um, in a minute, we're going to talk about command ability where you can get a unit out having moved. So you get a unit out of a boat having moved and then being able to charge 3d6. Pretty decent. Uh, There's no trading with some people. Once per battle at the end of the enemy shooting phase pick a friendly sky unit which is going to be your infantry which aren't that survivable uh, that was targeted by any shooting attacks in that phase that unit can immediately shoot this is very very specific you don't necessarily want any of your units to be shot if possible and then shooting back is cool um, would have kind of loved to have seen that put on one of the big boats, actually. Would have liked to have seen that on Sky Vessel, if I'm honest. And then without our ships, uh, we are not, once per battle at the start of any phase, pick one friendly Sky Vessel. This unit can receive up to two commands. And that's going to be massive because when we talk about the commands that we're about to look at now, I feel like that's the one you're going to take a lot, right? Um, uh, so we've got three command abilities. We've got Combat Landing, um, which is you can use this command ability at the end of your movement phase. The unit that receives the command must be a friendly transport vessel. Any units embarked in that transport vessel can immediately disembark. A unit that disembarks in that way cannot move in the same turn, but they can still charge and shoot. So it's a really nice way of like moving the boat up the board, getting all of the guys out, maybe doing a m- bunch of multiple charges, maybe using that footnote. There's no reward without risk and doing a 3d6 charge. Then you've got fly high, you can use this command ability at the end of your movement phase, that unit receives the command must be a friendly sky vessel more than three inches from all enemy units, remove it from the board, and then put it into deep strike. So basically it has to land nine inches away from the enemy and one inch away from terrain. And then you've got disengage, you can use this command ability in your movement phase, your unit receives that command must be a friendly sky vessel unit that has not made a move in that phase, that unit can, and any units embarked in it can retreat and still shoot later in the same turn. So retreat, shoot retreat shoot and what's really nice if you take the footnote where you can receive two commands is you get the retreat and then um so you can retreat using disengage and then fly high um and so teleport away and then still shoot in the same turn so it's got some real survivability you can only do that once per battle now the last thing we should talk about is the code right so that's the new miniature um the guy with all the books uh he's got five wounds and a three up armor save and points wise points wise the code right, I think, is very good. Hold on, he's ninety points. yeah. so he's he's kind of like a classic with what Games Workshop are doing at the minute. They're releasing a bunch of like foot characters that are quintessential for kind of playing the army. Um, you've seen that with the Squig boss as an example for for Gits, and then they're basically building an entire battle tome around that model. Uh, so the code right has got a couple of little bits, um, which we'll talk about in detail. Uh, he's got advisory role. Uh, number one. He's very survivable. Five wounds on a three up save. Yeah. But uh, his advisory role is, at the start of your hero phase, if this unit is within six inches of another friendly carriage and overlord's hero, roll two dice. For each four plus, you receive a command point. Obviously, inside a boat, he's going to count as being near a hero because it said that they're on the battlefield. So then that's going to be two four pluses, get a command point, really useful. Loads of command abilities useful in this army. And then you've got, I'll think you'll find as an ability... Um, you can carry out the following heroic action with this unit instead of any other heroic action. So it's a heroic action. You don't need CP. Happen in either turn. Um, uh, You carry out with it. Roll a dice on a 1, nothing happens. However, on a 2 to 3, you can pick a new footnote to apply to your army until the end of the battle. On a four plus you can pick a new footnote and or a new amendment to apply to your army but you can't choose one that you've previously had and so the code right is gonna be able to let you kind of cycle you can do without our ships we are naught yeah which is once per battle and then you can move over to doing one of the other footnotes if you're all the four up and you can keep trying to do it every turn this heroic action so you can cycle through the footnotes and the amendments so kind of feels like he's very necessary in the army which i think is really fun right and you could just do some really cool stuff with that cycling through but you can't choose an amendment or a footnote that you've previously used right um is uh you yeah it's a great question uh so yeah so that's what they do those are your core allegiance abilities and the code right is going to play really importantly into that okay let's move on something that we've just noticed me in the chat because i'm doing this live with the chat all hell of the chat, uh, with the code right, is that if you took two code rights and stood them next to each other or put them in a boat together, because you don't lose any of these abilities when you're inside a boat, um, which is good, Uh, then the advisory role, where if you're within six inches of another friendly carriage on Overlord's unit, you can roll two dice on a four plus you receive a command point. You could do that twice, if that makes sense. I think you could have six code rights and roll 12 dice. I mean, I don't know what you're going to do with, with that many cp but fun is what you're going to have and whimsy which is also something we really appreciate okay let's look at the sub faction so you've built your army you already know what your footnotes and everything does you get to choose a sub faction when you write your army list you can't change it every turn this is just for people who are new and they might not know there are five six foot sub factions uh let me double check uh, there are six sub-factions. So, Barrack uh, nar is kind of like the main one. Yeah, it's like the place that can make the biggest amount of Skyships available. Um, and in this, you make Thunderer's Battle Line. At the start of your hero phase, roll a dice for each friendly any nar hero on the battlefield. Including any that are embarked on a 4+, they get a command point. So, going back to our meme that we've already done, we've got six code rights. And then we've done this. And then we've used the heroic action to get a CP. We got 19 command points. Can we turn them into victory points? No. Would we do we want to have 19 command points for a turn? <laughs> yes. What can we do with them? Not much. But it's still available as an option, which is pretty fun. So lots of CP. Barrack Zilfin, and in this, frigates become battle line. Uh, and this is the one that famously always used a bottle. Throw a bottle in. Uh, you can pick one additional great engine work, which we'll cover in a minute uh, for your army. So two great engine works, there are engine works for each of the three types of boat, and um, uh, like so you get to pick one additional one. Don't forget because it's what's we co- what we call a unique enhancement. That means that when you write your army list, you get a command trait, you get an artifact. And you also will get a free great engine work because it's unique enhancement. So you get one of those. Stormcast, for example, get a Holy Command that they get to choose. Okay. And then you've got Barrackson, Zon, uh, City of the Sun. This, you make Skywardens Sky Skywardens are 130 points for a unit of three. They've got two wounds on a four-up save. They've got three attacks each, but if you take the champ, you get an extra one. Uh, so we maxed out a unit earlier, which is pretty good, um, of nine, and we'll talk about that in a second. Barrackson, Zon, they're the kind of fighting guys. Um, and you add one to hit and wound rolls for attacks made by melee weapons if they've charged. So if you do take a battle line unit of Skywardens, um, which are kind of the most fighting unit that you've got, um, but it's all Skyfarer units, so it's going to apply to the to the infantry, any of the infantry it's going to apply to. Um, if you take the most kind of combative version of Skywardens that we can find so far, and again, we haven't looked at any of the other abilities at the minute, we can get up to 28 attacks, hitting on twos and twos, uh that are rend one and damage two. And then you have the ability on a two plus to make the opponent retreat away. So there's some there's some potential melee options here. And we've already seen uh that you can potentially do a 3d6 charge as well. Uh one with the, one of the footnotes. So some real interesting stuff. Real interesting stuff Okay so our last three sub factions we've got Barak Urbaz. Um, and this allows you to pick one additional article for your army. You cannot pick an article your army already has. So now you can have the plus one to wound a big mega unit for your whole army, and also the four-up rally. This feels like a really good one. It really does. Then you've got Barrack Mornar, the City of Shadow. I really like this. I think probably we won't see it won't see a lot of play, but maybe it will. It's qu- kind of good. Roll a dice each time an enemy model issues a command within 12 inches of friendly Barrack mornar unit on a five plus that command is not received the command ability still counts as having been used and the command point that was spent is lost now building an army around something that uh is only a five plus is pretty lame like um and not very reliable but i kind of like it and it's it's kind of interesting like legitimately kind of interesting and it's every barrack mornar unit every barrack moron unit and it's 12 inches so you could really kind of shut down some some stuff i I think it's quite interesting like i like it um and then uh and then you've got barak thring okay and this is interesting because priests are back baby it's nice to see the priests are getting back together let's go uh we've got honor the gods just in case and this is allied warden priests know the following prayer in addition Rune of Ancestral Guidance is a prayer that has an answer value of 3 and a range of 16 inches. If answered, pick one friendly Archonaut Company or Grunstrock Thunderers unit, hold it within range, and start the next hero phase. Unmodified hit rolls of a 6 or attacks made by missile weapons by that unit cause a number of mortal wounds equal to the damage. So it's like Cruel Boys with View. If the damage profile is 1 on the gun, then you roll a 6, you'll do one mortal wound. But if the damage profile is a 3 you roll a six you'll do three mortal wounds that's how it works that's pretty interesting does require you to bring in uh an ally um and like and curse is probably better uh in a lot of different ways is curse better no it's not curse isn't better this is definitely better than curse um and it's got longer range okay no i changed my mind this is definitely better um uh, which is really interesting. And then talking about Arkenauk Companies and Grunstrock Thunderers, uh, we're going to go through Thunderers. I, I think we could talk about Thunderers now if you really want to. Um, they've got two wounds each, but they've got a three-up armor save, which is great. Like, very, very good. And just to quickly look at the points, there are 130 points for five. And when they're in Baraknar um which is the barrack we just talked uh no no when they're in barrack nah they become battle line so in barrack thring so the one that we just talked about where you could do mortals on sixes you can only ever reinforce them up to a unit of 10 uh for the thunderers but thunderers have got two wounds each and they've got three up armor save right and they move four inches okay now you can uh, basically equip all of them all of them with an eighth of shot rifle, which is two shots each at 18 inches, threes and fours, no Ren damage one, okay? And so you're going to be firing, and the champion gets plus two shots to that. So you'd be firing from unit of five for 135 points. You'd be shooting 12 shots at 18 inches, which are threes and fours, Ren one damage one. Ren seems to be a bit of an issue. Um, uh, thank you, by the way, for talking about uh, Curse can't be taken since Coalition. Uh, But if you want to, instead of having just all Aether Shot rifles, you can start having different weapons in addition. Uh, Their Bravery 7 and their Standard Bearer make some Bravery 8, which is pretty cool. So the first one we've got is if you take the Fug, the Aetheric Fumigators, uh, choking Fug is the rule, uh, attacks maybe the Aetheric uh, Aetheric Fuginator, automatically hit, uh, and it's D6 shots, um, which automatically hit, and they're 3s, but no rend and damage 1. However, they've also got a thing that at the end of the combat phase, if you're within three inches of w- a unit with a FUG, uh, then on a two plus, you do tick D3 mortal wounds. If you have multiple FUGs in a unit, it isn't going to work, unfortunately, and you're not going to get to roll like two or three. Uh, dice to try and do mortal wounds, and instead it'll always be one. But maybe if you take multiple small units of thunderers and people get into combat with, let's say, a boat, so you put the thunderers in the boat, and then you could roll one for each unit, which is pretty cool because uh, that could stack up in the mortal wounds. Then you got explosive shells, and this is for the mortar, uh, and the mortar uh, has got an 18-inch range uh threes and threes, but again, no rend. Uh, and you roll a number of dice equal to the models in the unit but to a maximum of five, which is lame, if I'm honest, right? Which is lame. Um, to a maximum of five, and then it's threes and threes, no Ren damage, one. But if you did, let's say, double the Unit, so you would have five, uh, three Mortars, because you can take one per five, uh, then you could get up to 15 shots, which is a lot of shots. A lot of shots that you could do. You've got Suppressing Fire as a special rule. Um, and this is, if you shoot all of your, it's a, it's a long sentence, but if you shoot all of your shots at a unit and then you roll 2d6 above their bravery plus the number of uh, like hits you did, then they've got minus one to hit because they're suppressed. It's a really long and complicated rule to get minus one to hit on a unit, but there you go. And then you've got the drill bill. Each time this unit fights, once all of its attacks have been resolved, if this unit includes a gunnery sergeant, Pick one enemy unit within three inches, and on a five-plus, the enemy suffers one mortal wound, which is uh, interesting. They're a cheap unit, 135 points. Uh, they are... got three-up armor save, which is pretty legit. Love that, love that. Um, They've got two wounds each, so you're looking at ten wounds on three-up armor save for 135 points. Uh, they're no good in combat. Uh, But they're going to do quite a few shots, but Ren seems to be the issue. The one that I like the most is the Aether Cannon. So the Aether Cannon is um, uh, one shot, but it's threes and twos, Ren two, damage three. So if you double reinforce a unit, um, then you could have three Aether Cannons in your army. Um, And because they hit on threes, you can do the all-out attack, obviously. So it's going to be twos and twos, Ren two, damage three. It's pretty nice. It's a pretty nice profile, especially when you add in all the other shots you're going to do. That one's going to punch through some armor and do some big damage, I think. It's quite nice. I quite like that. I quite like that. You've got a lot of CP probably in this army, um, so you're going to be able to do that quite a few times. The loadout for these is going to be interesting. I feel like people are going to discuss the loadout a lot. There's going to be like some deep dives on the loadout, on what you're going to build with the Thunderers. So if you're thinking to get into it right now, that's going to be uh, a toughie. But I would say Aether Cannons, yes. Aether Shot Rifle, yes, right now. As much as I love the Fugginator, yeah, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to make it into a list for me because if people are near your Thunderers, it's probably bad times, but they've got three-up armor saves, so you can make them fairly survivable. It's kind of interesting, maybe use them as an anvil, get charged in, do some mortal wounds. Um, obviously, you've got standard um, uh, standard Shoot, so you've got Unleash Hell. so a lot of shots to Unleash Hell with, which I kind of love. Yeah, interesting unit. Okay, so those are the sub-factions, just to kind of round that out again. Uh, just to talk about the sub factions, we got uh, of the three um, pick additional article for your army, it's pretty good. Barrack Mornar uh, on a five plus, you can't issue command abilities, pretty great. And then obviously, you've got the prayer coming in, very interesting. Love to know what your thoughts are. Next up are the command traits. So, you'll pick a general in your army and you have a command trait. You can have a battalion to have another. Oh, no, no, battalion, you can never double up on a command trait, can you? I don't think so you can. Uh, anyway, so these are the command traits. You've got a grudge bearer, okay? After the deployment, but before the start of the first battle round, pick one enemy hero. Double the damage inflicted by each successful attack made with the general's weapons that target that hero. So some key points here. Number one uh, is targeting a hero, which is like, meh. It's kind of okay, kind of not. But it doesn't say melee attacks. So while the Admiral is damage three going up to damage six and just punking Teclas in the face, which is great, it could also apply to the uh, endring Master in Dirigible Suit. Okay, so all of it, their weapons is going to double the damage as well. So that's kind of cool. I love that a lot. Right. Uh, then you've got Cunning Fleet Master. And this, the chat really kind of talked me around on this because actually this is brilliant, but a little complicated, but really fun. At the end of the enemy movement phase you can pick one for any sky vessel within 12 inches of the general and more than 12 inches from all enemy units that sky vessel can make a normal move so it's kind of awkward the stipulation is you have to be 12 inches away at the end of the enemy move phase but it does mean that it kind of protect protects your sky vessel from maybe a double turn like, like that's the thing so you kind of have your sky vessel far enough away they move they're hoping for the next turn get the next turn get closer and charge your sky vessel well you've got redeploys and then you've also got cunning fleet master as well now which is really fun so that means that you can or you can move uh your sky vessel onto an objective and then maybe go cap an objective which they weren't expecting which is kind of fun as well uh move closer towards um uh, like it's just some really really like really good stuff really clever um, you're going to be able to utilize this quite a bit and i quite like this quite a lot so yeah very very cool uh, then you've got a scholar and an arcanaut you can pick one additional footnote for your army you cannot pick a footnote your army already has you're probably going to take the code right a lot so and more footnotes. I don't think you need. Um, Old Skydog. You can pick one additional great engine work. So if we take the sub-faction where you can already do this, that means three engine works, and that means if you take a battalion, you could have a fourth engine work, which is crazy. And then you've got X Grunstock. Like this a lot. Friendly Grunstock units have the battle line battlefield role in addition. So this is going to be your um, this is going to be your Grunstock gun haulers and also your Thunderers. In addition, once per turn, this general can issue a command to a friendly gunstruck unit without command points being spent. So, we already generated loads of command points anyway, but there we go, we can have more. So now we can definitely have 15 Thunderers in the sub-faction, which lets us do mortals on sixes to hit. Kind of fun. And you've got Stormcaller, which we really like in the chat. While this general is on the battlefield, you can re-roll any of the dice rolled when a friendly etheric Navigator reads the wins. So I guess it's time to talk about the etheric Navigator. So he's got five wounds on a three-up armor save. Let's just double-check the points. It's 85 points. It's wildly, wildly cheap. Wildly cheap. Um, And he's got the Aether Sight, which is... So five wounds on a three-plus save. Super cheap. Love that. Um, this model can attempt to dispel one endless spell at the start of your hero phase and Attempt to unbind one spell in the enemy hero phase in the same manner as a wizard. That's great. Okay, so loads of loads of unbinds and then you got read the winds in your hero phase. You can say that uh, That one friendly unit So the stipulation is one so you can't have more than one navigator I mean you can have more than one navigator, but only one of them can use this ability They will read the winds and if you do so you roll six dice then pick one of the following effects. What's really nice about that is you roll the dice and then you can pick one of the effects because you either do storm, which is on um, ones, or you choose favorable conditions, which is on sixes. So, you know, you can kind of roll the dice and you think, well, I've got two sixes and no ones, so I'm definitely going to choose favorable conditions. Or you roll them again. So you might be looking to get ones, but you might unfortunately end up with sixes. That's what the winds do. But what's cool is if you do take the stormcaller command trait, then my god, yeah, then you can re-roll them. So if you are looking for ones and you roll two ones uh, out of six dice, then you could roll the other four dice open for some more ones, which is which is really fun. Um so then you got the aether storm, okay? So this is if you roll ones and then you pick one different enemy unit within 30 inches of this unit and visible to this unit. That enemy unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. If they take any more um, any mortal wounds, so obviously you could have things like ward saves to try and stop them, uh, and they're not negated, you half the unit's move characteristic until the start. So if you roll three ones, you pick three different units. You can never pick the same unit three times. And then uh, they take D3 mortal wounds. If they take any mortal wounds, half their move characteristic. So I feel like that's one people are going to want a lot. And for 85 points, that's... Uh, that's, it feels like an auto including in the army. 85 points to potentially shut down a few units from your enemy's army is really great. And then you've got favorable conditions, which is when you roll sixes. For each roll of a six, you pick one friendly Sky Vessel within 30 inches of this unit and visible to this unit. The Sky Vessel can make a normal move of up to D3 plus 3 inches. And this is in the hero phase. So now you're moving D3 plus three inches. You're potentially going to move a unit and disembark a unit. And then they can charge 3D6. Like There's going to be a lot of combo stuff here that your army is going to be able to do. Sure, it does require you to roll some sixes for that. But already you've got some big movement shenanigans here, uh, which is really nice and I quite enjoy. Um, so it's a normal move. Uh, 85 points is definitely also just worth it for the unbind. I agree with that as well. Uh, How many command traits can you have? You can only have the one command trait in your army. Uh, So there we go. Uh, But yeah, really interesting. Really interesting set. The cunning fleet master where you can make that 12-inch move at the end of the enemy move phase. Really very interesting. I like that a lot. More engine works. That's pretty great as well. Uh, The thunderers one is interesting. The stormcaller one is interesting. So not only have you got a good amount of you've got a variety. I really like that. I think the command traits are quite nice here. Okay, so the next one is the Artifacts of Power. So these are, you can take multiple Artifacts of Power if you take the right battalions. Okay, so Inventions of the Skyports. First one is Master Raw Armor, and this gives an Arkhanort Admiral a 5-up ward save. Yeah, looks fine, but there are better ones in here probably. You've got the celestian Burst Grenade, which is once per battle, at the start of your shooting phase, pick an enemy unit within 12 inches. On a 2+, they can't take ward saves. Again, this is very meta-dependent. There's lots of ward saves in the game at the minute. Seems pretty good for an army that like wants to punch through a bunch of stuff. Just, yeah, I like, I like it. You've got Blazebeard and Sons, Track Hobbler, That's a pig name. Basically, it means a monster can on a 2+, can only charge on 1d6. There's not enough monsters in the game, or you're not going to guarantee to play against monsters. You're probably never going to take that. Then you've got the famous, famous spell in a bottle. You have to take an Aether Chemist, and you pick one Endless spell that does not belong to a faction. So no Skaven Endless spells. No Luminous Realm Lords runes. And don't forget, if you are using an Endless spell with a spell in the bottle, you definitely should kitbash a Carriage and Overlord's version of that Endless spell, in my opinion. You can include that Endless spell in your army without spending any points. So it's free. It's a free Endless spell. Probably going to be the Purple Sun. Because it obviously uh, reduces people's armor save down by one. And you've obviously got all that extra rend, which is great in your army. Uh, In addition, once per battle in your hero phase, the Baron can automatically cast the spell that summons that Endless spell. Right? You don't need to make a casting roll. And it cannot be unbound. However, the Baron cannot control the Endless spell. Okay? Uh, can you take the endless spell again for points? I don't think so. No, uh, Geminids as well is a neat option too. Geminids is an interesting option. Yeah, there's some uh, there's some very interesting stuff there. Um, I probably someone pointed out that probably this is what you see all the time, and that's a little bit um, of a uh, little bit sad because then what you get is insular list design, um, but. We'll see how it pans out. We'll see what Courage and Overlords players uh, do pop up. It, by the way, if you're super interested in Courage and Overlords, I probably should say at this point, there's a podcast solely dedicated to it called The Aethercast. Uh, it's got a YouTube channel and a podcast, and I'll go check it out if you get the opportunity. They love Courage and Overlords. They're going to be deep diving this for years, so go check that out if you're excited. Um, the next one is Phosphorite Bomblets. Um, Endrim Master only. So this is on an Endrim Master. Uh, once per battle in your shooting phase, you can pick one enemy unit within 6 inches of the bearer and roll a dice. Nice. Uh, on a 2+, plus, the unit suffers a mortal wound. And then you can roll another dice and keep rolling, okay, until the target is destroyed or you roll a 1. So, you pick a unit within 6 inches right in the shooting phase so you can run and do it and you can get out of a boat and do it you can do from a boat and do it so two plus mortal wound two plus mortal wound and either they die or you roll a one which is just hot okay and that's some whimsy okay already one of my favorite things yeah you got yeah and you do have to uh do the song gonna roll and roll and roll and rolling you got to do a bit limp biscuit okay well, if you don't do it while playing Limp Biscuit, legally not allowed to actually do it. So, and then you got the Voidstone Orb. Shout out to Limp Biscuit. Not being problematic, I don't think. That's really good. I really expected them to be problematic, but turned out Fred Durst didn't go too bad. Like, which is okay. Like, I really expected that from Fred Durst, but that's on me. Okay. Um, then you got the Voidstone Orb. Okay, this is on the Navigator only. Once per battle, when the Barret attempts to unbind a spell, you can say that they will use the Voidstone an Orb, and you automatically unbind a spell, right? So an auto-unbind. They're all situational, g- granted, yeah? Like, feels like spell in a bottle right, really ramps up the power of the army, so probably the one you're going to see the most. No ward saves, interesting. Auto-unbind, once per battle, bit lame, but could be key in the right setup, Okay pretty good uh but the phosphorite bomblets is the winner two plus mortal wound rolling 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 baby just keep rolling 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 rolling, (laughs) this okay so the first upgrades we're going to talk about are for the ironclads so just to be super clear um you can't double stack a uh an ironclad upgrade on uh, the same ironclad so you take an ironclad you can have one upgrade however if you have two ironclads you could take two if you use a sub faction to get an additional one or a battalion to take an additional one but it can never be the same one so this is a situation two ironclads I could take if I've met the requirements I could take two different upgrades they can't be the same upgrade um, and I can never have two upgrades on one boat that should answer it Okay, so then you've got the last word. At the end of the enemy charge phase, you can pick one enemy unit that's finished the charge movement. Uh, that phase within three inches of this unit, that unit can shoot at the enemy unit with either a great sky cannon, great sky hook, or great volley cannon. Uh, so that's at the end of the enemy charge phase. I'm not sure if that's even that good with like uh, Unleash Hell still in there. So whatever uh then you've got Hexen solutions the first wound that would be allocated to this unit each phase is negated that feels like that's pretty positive especially as the ironclad now has got additional two wounds it's on 20 wounds on a three up save negating some wounds feels really good then you've got the breath of morrigan in your shooting phase you can pick one enemy unit and roll one dice for each model from that unit within nine inches on a five plus this suffer a mortal wounds so a great horde clearer pretty decent it's pretty good uh the really good one deal breaker after this unit finishes a charge move it's basically got an ogre charge so whatever your uh, charge result was let's say you rolled a 10 you roll 10 dice on a four up you take a mortal wound which is really nice this keys in really nicely with the ability to have a 3d6 charge once per battle the ability to kind of retreat um with the command ability uh this is pretty good because this is like a load of extra damage for free um which is quite interesting i quite like this um then you've got the Prudency Shoots, <laughs> this is where the Dwarfs just wear like little uh, towels when they get out of the shower, that's what they're doing, right? Um, prudency Shoots, if this unit is destroyed you don't have to roll to see if a model's embarked in are slain, in addition if this unit is destroyed, embarked units do not have to be set up more than 3 inches from 1 enemy units, so you could uh, disembark the dude straight into combat. Uh, which is kind of fun. And then you've got the Magnificent Omniscope. Add two inches to this unit's move characteristic, which is kind of fun because we already know that you can add an additional plus two with an article. I'm going to make sure I get that right. Um, uh, And then, so you could have a very, very fast Ironclad running around, making use of those command abilities, making use of uh, the command trait to move 12 inches, making use of uh, the Navigator ability for D3 plus three move. So you could have like an Ironclad moving around a bunch, which I think is really interesting. Okay, because we've done the engine works with the Ironclad, let's talk about it. It's 500 points. It's 20 wounds on a three-up armor save, and it's got a base move of 10. You can potentially add plus four to its movement with an Endrin works and also a sub-faction, which is decent. OK, you get the you get a bunch of weapons, you get the Aether Shot carbines and the Aether Shot torpedoes. And then you choose between the Sky Cannon, the Sky Hook and the Volley Cannon. It feels like the Sky Cannon is the best choice because it's got either the choice to do a big damage, uh, two shots that do D3 plus three damage, but they hit on fours, but wound on twos and have big and rend two. Or you can do the shrapnel version, which is six shots, threes and threes, rend one, damage two. Uh, then, which is kind of a little bit sad because the Iron Blaster is 10 shots, right? It's a bit, it's a bit of a shame. Uh, you've got the Skyhook, which has got two shots and they do do D6 damage, and they do a flat 6 damage if they're shooting into monsters, and then they kind of do some interaction with monsters that currently I'm not too bothered about. And then you've got the Great Volley Cannon, uh, which is 18-inch range at 4 D6 shots. So, pretty decent. Um... It can have 22 models in it, 22 Skyfarer models can be bar- embarked in it, um, which is which is an upgrade. The chat are telling me that it's an upgrade from 15, and there's no restriction. Sky High, Flying Sky High no longer has a restriction, uh, so um, uh, it's just you move a unit, so 22 feels really, really good. Uh, then you've got Bulwarks of Iron. Uh, this unit counts as 5 for holding an objective, so that feels really good for KO players because this unit is not a monster okay it is a war machine it's not a monster okay so it's going to count as five Um, and then yeah and uh, that's a shame actually because i guess then you don't gain any access to monsters rampages which is actually super massive raw is so good in a game Uh, so really good the great Skyhook has got some special rules again discussing with monsters the great sky cannon each time this unit shoots you get to do the different shooting profiles i think i prefer the sky cannon over everything else my opinion then you got bomb racks and this is one that we've just had to talk about a lot in the chat Uh, after this unit finishes a normal move or a run okay and don't forget there's the option to do a 2d6 run you can pick one enemy unit uh, that this unit passed across and roll a number of dice equal to the bomb racks value shown on this unit's damage table for each 4 plus that enemy suffers a mortal wound and it starts with 10 So you're doing five mortal wounds by moving across them, um, which I find to be really, really interesting. We've tried to do some janky stuff with movement and using the ability to move and even the navigator's ability, which moves D3 plus three. But even if you roll the six, because you start three inches away, it's impossible to move across something in the hero phase and then move back. So it doesn't feel right now like there's any shenanigans, but Maybe we'll find out some shenanigans in a bit. And finally, you've got the supremacy mine, which is once per battle. If a unit charges you, you roll a dice on a two up. Then uh, whatever you roll, let's say you roll a five, they take five mortal wounds. So uh, that's pretty interesting. Uh, yeah. So yeah, like it's kind. Of, it's five hundred points. It's, is its output going to be worth it? <sighs> It carries models inside of it. It's definitely a mobile gun platform. I don't know. Like, I've always found the ironclad. It's more survivable now. Two wounds. Pretty decent. Pretty decent. It's lost auto-healing. So, that's the thing. Um, So, okay. I quite like that. I quite like that. And people are going to break down exactly... The damage profiles and the right guns and all of that uh to do here there's gonna be some real combos here so that's gonna be fun uh we're not gonna cover that right now but interesting the big ironclad probably still gonna make it into most armies okay the first thing we're gonna look at is the frigates uh the frigate upgrades uh so we got the uh karazar farewell scuttling failsafe this is basically when it dies uh when a frigate dies uh on a two plus that suffers d3 mortal wounds uh every unit within three inches so send a frigate in on its last wound, it explodes everything within 3 inches on 2 plus D3 mortal wounds. You've got Malefic Sky Mines, once per battle at the start of the combat phase. Pick one enemy unit with uh, that can fly, that is within 6 inches of this unit, on a 2 to 3 that suffer D3 mortal wounds, on a 4 plus D6 mortal wounds. So once per battle, probably not going to take that. You've got uh, Prudency Shoots, which is when everything gets out of, a un- of uh, the frigate and it dies. Uh, you don't have to roll any ones for it, which is kind of fine. Someone in the chat pointed out it's really funny uh, that they don't give any parachutes. Parachutes is an upgrade for these dwarfs. Uh, and then finally, you got the Magnificent Omniscope, which has two inches to the move characteristic. That's actually pretty legit, uh, because when you look at the Frigate, the Frigate has got way better. It's 300 points, and it's got loads better. It's got 15 wounds on a three-up armor save, and it moves 12 inches, Okay. It's got a pretty good gun profile uh, compared to the Ironclad, like with, like, in comparison to the Ironclad, in that it's got the heavy Sky Cannon, which has got five shots that damage two or two shots that damage D3 plus two, which is pretty great. Um, And then it's got the Carbines, which again are damage two. It can hold up to 12 models, 12 Skyfarer models, but it's got this, this new rule, the Assault Boat, which is amazing. Basically, you charge in, right, with this model, And then you roll a number of dice equal to the ramming dice speed. Uh, Unwounded, it starts at 8. Every 4+, plus, you do a mortal wound. So you should, on average, do 4 mortal wounds. But then every model in the boat can disembark. And then all of them get the strike-first effect applied against the enemy unit so they have to disembark into combat but then they get strike first everyone in the chat is pointing out quite rightly that there isn't loads of combat options necessarily apart from a couple of admirals maybe some sky wardens. but it's pretty cool charge in do mortal wounds pop the guys out for always strikes first hit everything that feels really good especially when you can make this guy move i think you can get a, a frigate up to like 16 inch move which is pretty good um so i kind of love that uh councils five on an objective um strikes first is pseudo tankiness that's also true if you fight first and they can't hit you that feels very good uh so don't hate that as well uh you've also got don't forget you've also got stuff like with the sky wardens you charge in always strikes first everything hits they might not be able to hit you back and then on a two plus you can make them have to retreat out of combat so we love that as well uh you've got bomb racks which you move over units uh and then you do mortal wounds and again there's uh, you do you've got eight on these. So um eight bomb racks. So you can move over a unit, uh roll your eight bomb racks, probably do uh four mortal wounds because it's four pluses. Then charge a unit, do another four mortal wounds. That's eight mortal wounds before you do anything else, and then always strikes first. It feels pretty legit. Uh and then you've got heavy sky hooks. Um, which again is if you're shooting monsters good into monsters are probably going to take the sky cannon every time and then you've got the sky cannon you've got the two different profiles so massive fan of the frigate okay okay looking at the engine works that you can have on the gun gunhauler you have the surge injection engine mark 4 when this unit makes a normal move or retreats you can add d3 inches to that move if you wish you can add 2d3 inches to that move instead of d3 but if you do so you roll a double and this unit suffers a mortal wound after the move so not really a big deal you've got the debt settler torpedo which is pretty rad once per battle, after this unit finishes its charge move so once you've already found out what the result of that charge move is you can pick one enemy unit within one inch of this unit and roll a dice on a two plus that enemy suffers a number of mortal wounds equal to the roll and i think it means equal to the roll of that two plus so the maximum you could do is a six which is a shame because i thought it was based off Uh, the charge value but it's not but it's still another d6 mortal wounds potentially Um, and then you've got colbeard's collapsible compartments this unit gains a transport vessel up to six skyfarer models so six admirals in a gun hauler running around okay so the gun hauler also got upgraded it's 170 points for a gun uh for a gun hauler it's got a three plus save and it has 10 wounds it moves 12 inches so it's uh, more survival than it was uh it's eighth of shot carbines got their weapon damage upgraded to damage two it's also got a sky cannon or a drill cannon the drill cannon's got a better rend and is d3 damage but it's one shot whereas if you take the shell version um it's two shots that do d3 plus one or four shots that are damage two. so again a little bit of a conversation still feels like i quite like the idea um, of taking uh, the sky cannon, but the drill cannon has got a special rule. If the unmodified hit roll for an attack made with a drill cannon is a five plus, the attack causes three mortal wounds to the target. So that might be that might be a good version, a good reason to take it. Then you've got a head full once per battle at the start of your movement phase. You can say that this unit will move a head full, and if you do so, you add six inches to its move characteristic. Uh, so that's really useful, especially as you've got bomb racks on this. You only roll four dice for these bomb racks as opposed to eight for the uh, frigate and ten for the for the ironclad um while any friendly sky vessels are within uh three inches of a gun hauler they get a six up ward save so it might be worth bringing one of these along to just to protect the rest of your sky tanks which is fun um and then it's got the rule for the uh for the sky cannon so i think overall it feels like the gun hauler is better um the frigate is better feels like there's a good argument for taking multiple frigates versus maybe a big ironclad, um, especially with that assault rule. So uh, of all of the boats, I feel like the gun hauler, like, uh, the gun hauler's okay. Uh, I feel like the, really feels like a, it's saying frigate to me in a minute. I'm not really sure. Um, So, but I'd love to know what you guys think. Okay, so the leader of the faction, Brock, is the first water we're going to look at in detail. Uh, He moves 12, he's got eight, wounds and a 3-up save. Now, we talked a little bit about hitching, or people just mentioned it. He's got the Skyfarer keyword, so he can just go in a boat. So don't stress about that, he can just go in a boat. Okay, he's got War Master, which means he can do uh, commands from 18 inches. Um, he's got a mustache-mounted Aether Blaster, uh, which is at the end of the combat phase, picks a unit within 3 inches on 2+, plus does D3 mortal wounds. He's also got a shooting attack, which is his boast, which is just his gun, I guess, Uh, which is one attack, threes, twos, rend two, d3 damage. Very good. And then he's got a magnate's charter, which is six attacks at 18 inches as well. He's got an effective range of 40 inches. Threes and threes, rend one, damage two. And he's also decent in a fight. Four attacks, rend two, d3 damage. Amazing. So his profile's good. He's 220 points. He's survivable very good and then he brings some real utility to the army he's got the first rule of Gronson: if this unit made a charge move in the same turn add one to the attacks characteristic of melee weapons used by friendly barrack nars units which does include our sky wardens or engine riggers um, and of course obviously thunderers and um and arcador company uh wholly within 12 inches so plus one attack to their profile seems really legit And then he's got Command the Fleet. Use this command ability at the start of your movement phase. Up to three friendly Sky Vessels that are more than three inches from all enemy units can receive this command. And it will be wholly within 18 because he's a War Master. In that phase, you can reroll run rolls for these units that receive a command. In addition, the units that receive command can run and still shoot and or charge. So now we're we're doing bombing runs from all of our Sky Vessels. We're shooting still. We're charging still mega fast army. This this army is just like now you've got an ironclad potentially moving fourteen inches with all the right upgrades, re-rolling its run roll, running, shooting, charging, super fast. Also includes himself or admirals, correct Jacob. So you could put Brock in the I think kind of the perfect version of this is there's an Alpha Strike list we're seeing now where you've put Brock and five admirals inside a frigate. You're running and charging. You're dropping them all out and they're all striking first no one hates that uh yeah also yeah you could also have a 2d6 run and shoot that's a good point from jacob in the chat yeah so brock really excellent really excellent for 125 points we get an Arcanal admiral all five in a frigate feels like that makes sense at this point. point six wounds with three up armor side armor save but they only move four inches He's got an okay shooting attack, which are three shots, threes and threes, rend one, damage two. He's also got an amazing hammer, three attacks, threes, twos, rend two, damage three, which is great. But he's got a load of utility for that very cheap points cost. You've got the Admiral's flagship, which is you get to pick an ironclad or a frigate and use a CP uh, free on it once once per turn, which is great. So even more free CP. You've got Grudgebreaker Rounds, which is once per battle at the start of your shooting phase, you can pick one friendly Carriage-on Overlord's unit that is not a Sky Vessel. So obviously we'd like to think of something like Thunderous, but maybe something else is more efficient. Um, until the end of that phase, improve the Rend characteristic of that unit by one. That's pretty good, because we were feeling like there wasn't enough Rend on this army, so that's really good. The same unit obviously cannot be- benefit from this ability more than once, so you can't stack it. But that's pretty great. Then you've got bring every gun to bear, which is a command ability. And because he is, uh, like, if you make him your general, it'll be 18 inches. If he's a hero, it'll be 12 inches. At the start of your shooting phase, the unit can, that receives the command must be a sky vessel. So you pick a bow. And then all uh, then you get to add plus one to the attacks characteristics of that unit's missile weapons if it stayed still in the previous movement phase. So because you do this at the start of the shooting phase... The previous movement phase, it can't have moved, and it can't have used the sky-high ability either. So it can't have done either of those two things. But then you add plus one to the attacks profile of all of the the shooting weapons. And actually, that's pretty good, because you're going to have so much CP, that just feels like a nice buff, right? Um, Can they use the ability in the boats now? Yes, they can, because it doesn't count as a garrison. Uh, you can use this command ability at the start. And then finally, they've got Commander the Skies, which is what Brock has got, but you can only do it to one Sky Vessel. So you get to re roll the run rolls and you get to charge and still shoot at the same time, even if you've ran. So, all in all, the Admiral's looking very great. Max Admirals in a boat sounds hilarious, uh, especially with Always Strikes First. Being able to have a couple of Admirals giving out different buffs. To different skyboats, let's say if you took two frigates, feels like it makes sense to just take an Arcanore Admiral inside both of them, gives the frigate some combat punch, and then also you get kind of like um uh, you also get plus one to all of its shooting, which feels really good as well. So uh I think I think Admiral's pretty legit. So the engine Master with engine Harness is only ninety points. Uh he's got an okay hammer, three attacks, three threes, run one damage three. He's got six wounds with a three up save. Uh he can heal Uh, At the start of your hero phase, you can heal a Sky Vessel up to three wounds. It's pretty nice. And he's also got an ability uh, where he rolls a dice, and on a 2+, plus. he lets a transport vessel uh, that he's embarked inside of shoot at its top profile. Uh, So, like, all in all, pretty nice. Like, um, healing three wounds a turn feels pretty good. Definitely something you're going to want in this army for a little bit more sustain. Uh, Shooting at the top bracket is very powerful. Uh, especially as it allows you to do a bunch of different stuff. Uh, well, it lets you just act at the top bracket, actually. So faster movement, more bombs, all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, I quite like the engine Master. He did lose an eye laser, apparently, but there you go. Not bad. It's very cheap, 90 points. Ladies and gentlemen, it's happened. We got the spice. We're at the Aether Chemist. Aether Chemist. has got five wounds and four up safe, so not as survivable as some of the other characters. He's got a 3d6 shooting attack at 9 inches, which is pretty fun, at Ren 2. Uh, now, the key part here is the etheric augmentation. At the start of the shooting phase, if this unit is not embarked, so it's on the ground, you can pick one friendly Skyfarer's unit, but it's at the start of the shooting phase, so you could always get out and then use this. Pick one friendly Skyfarer's unit that's not embarked and wholly within 12 inches of this unit. Improve the rend characteristic of that unit's missile weapons by one until the end of that phase. So that means that now we've already found a couple of sources of rend. We could have th- uh, Thunderers at rend 2 straight away. Maybe Ren three. We could do a purple sun for Ren four. Now the way it's written is you can stack it, but I very much doubt that that will maintain itself. It's very cheap. It's 80 points for the eighth chemist. That's pretty crazy. Load of thunderers. Now we're talking. Ren three. This is this is this is silly. Okay, so love this. And he's got Aether's atmospheric isolation. Subtract one from hit rolls for attacks made by enemy models while they're within three inches for any friendly units with this ability that are not embarked. So minus one well to hit. It's not really what you care about, but it's a nice little buff. Uh, Aether Chemist, Ren stacking in this army. Time to shoot the world. Next unit is our Horde Clearer, Björgen Thrundrik. He's got a shooting attack, which is again is 3d6 shots at Ren 2. Uh, but he's got an ability called Toxic Grease, which is basically you roll a dice for each model within six inches from an enemy unit. And on a five plus, they take a mortal wound, It's pretty good. He gets to issue a command point uh, to uh, his unit, Thrundric's Profiteers, who, while this unit is wholly within three inches of friendly Bronjon Thrundric, he has a ward save of four plus. So there's a real potential that you could put thundrick's profiteers and brongren thundrick i've definitely said that wrong in a boat throw them forward and start making them just spray through hordes of enemies which is quite a fun little bit i quite like that i think that's fun the unit itself costs 160 points so i think that's pretty fun um i like that uh okay so Dreki flint the special character uh, he can make one Arcanaut Frigate, uh, sorry, a Barrack Mornar arcanaut Frigate, let's be very specific, into the Aisling, his special ship, which is fine. He's got six wounds, and he's got a three-up armor save. He's got a really good gun attack, 2d6 shots, three threes rend 1, damage 2. That's pretty nuts. He's got the Skyfarer Keyword as well, so you could uh, potentially improve the rend of that if you wanted to. That's pretty brilliant um, he's then got Grunson's Axe, which is also good as well. Three attacks, threes, twos, rend two, damage two. So, he's legit. Um, and then he's got, uh, let me drive. Okay, so you can reroll run rolls and charge rolls made for the Aisling. That's his special frigate. Um, uh, we've already done the frigate. The frigate's great. We've already done the frigate. The frigate's excellent. Uh, then we've got the Auxiliary Skyhook. Each time this unit fights, after all of its attacks have been resolved, uh, and you can pick an enemy monster within three inches and on two plus, they suffer three more wounds. It's kind of fine, but who cares uh, about monsters? But the best one is light-fingered because he's he's very much like my friend Baal from uh, Canada. He's a bit of a light-fingered thief um at the start very much like what we saw yesterday from uh space preview scene at the start of the combat phase if this unit is within one inch of an enemy hero that has an artifact of power you can say that Drekky will try to borrow it on a three plus the artifact of power can no longer be used because it's been stolen oh my god oh my god um is that light fingered for the rest of the battle or just the combat phase at the start of the combat phase if this unit rest of the battle so and he could do this multiple times. He can light finger a bunch of artifacts. Okay, I absolutely love this. Absolutely love this. Uh, and Dreki is only 130 points. Feels like you're putting Dreki in your army for the funsies. Yes. Okay, so the engine master with dirigible Sue has got eight wounds with a three up save and is 170 points okay he's got some okay shooting attacks he's got one shot that does d3 six shots that do one and then he's got an aethermatic saw uh, which does d3 damage he's also got a heal like we saw previously with the other engine master where he can heal up to three wounds to a unit so it kind of feels good but he's obviously a lot more expensive than the engine master on foot but he's a lot more mobile moves 12 inches um but This is the important part. He's got, by grungy. have my eye on you, you get to add one to the field repair rolls made for friendly Endrin Riggers units while they're wholly within 12 inches. What the hell are you talking about, Rob? So Endrin Riggers, the other balloon boys, have got the emergency field repairs, which is once per turn, so that's every player's turn. At the end of any phase, that's any phase, okay? So your opponent shoots you, do it at the end of that phase, right? If this unit is more than three inches from all enemy units, you can say this unit will carry out emergency fuel repairs. If you do so, pick a friendly Sky Vessel. On a four to five, you can heal a wound. And you do that for each model in the unit. So if you've got a unit of three, you roll three dice. On a four to five, you're going to heal one wound. But if you roll a six, you heal two. But if they're near the Endrin Master, it's going to be on a three to four, you're going to heal one. But a five to six, you're going to heal two. And you get to roll three dice. And don't forget, you could obviously have a unit larger than three. So you could be rolling six dice, any five ups. I mean, you could potentially be rolling nine dice. I think you can get these guys to battle line. You could be rolling nine dice, <laughs> any five ups are going to heal two wounds, right? That's They could be inside the boat as well, yes. They could be inside the boat and heal from the boat, okay? They also have got a great um, attack profile, 2 attacks, 3s, 3s, Ren, 2 damage, D3. They do only have a 4-up armor save and 2 wounds, but they're very cheap and you do have access to a 4-up rally in this army, okay? Uh, Which is really good. If the unmodified attack for the Drill Launcher is a 6, you also cause 3 mortal wounds as well, so that's their shooting profile, okay? They've got a grapnel Launcher, which lets them teleport across the board, which is wicked, yeah, and uh, their Skyhook is damaged three if it's fighting a monster. So if you have Brock and these guys, you can obviously give them plus one attack to their athematic saw if you want to. You could add additional rend to their attacks if you wanted to as well, uh, in the variety of ways that we did that. Absolutely. Uh, and their battle line with Engine Rigger as a general. Okay, so you can definitely make units way so, more survivable. You've got way more output from the unit because they've got an extra attack on the athematic saw. So Balloon Boy is healing really well. The boat's way more survivable with their three armor saves. Absolute nonsense. We finally got to like the nonsense part of the book, and that's great. Loads of healing, loads of output, Ren stacking, just absolutely loads of stuff here. Excellent stuff. Okay, so... One of our battle line units but not the only battle line unit available to the courage overlords is the Arcanaut company they've got four up armor save and one wound each and pretty low bravery of six and they move four inches so there are ways as we know to add to rend maybe even add the number of attacks to the unit uh, in combat and they've got some okay guns 100 points though uh, on a 4 up uh, armor save, I don't think you're necessarily going to see lots of play. They do have a lot of special rules, though. Well, not a lot, some. Uh, they've got Glory Seekers. While well, this unit is not embarked, add one to hit rolls for attacks made by this unit, the target unit contesting objective, which is kind of good because that's what you want them to do is go t- contest an objective. Uh, but um, their survivability is an issue, in my opinion. And then you've got Light Sky Hook. The damage characters to this unit's Light Sky Hook uh, is a 3 if the target is a monster. So you could, I think you can give them all privateer pistols, which are two shots each, fours and fours, and you can stack the rend on that pretty aggressively if you wanted to. There's, you could take the article for plus one to a wound. You could give them all our attacks. It could be threes and threes, rend one, rend two. So you could do a lot of stuff with this. Um, they've got a bunch of characters that can definitely buff these units, but they're buffing a unit that doesn't necessarily have that innate survivability. Um, and they're competing in class with the Balloon Boys. And we see the Sky Wardens are pretty good in combat. We've seen the Engine Riggers are pretty good in combat. Um, so they're bringing a lot of utility. So it feels like you just make the right general and you probably go for Balloon Boys holding objectives. The ships already count as five. So probably KO are going to have the same problem they always had, which is holding objectives. But um, really great. Uh, but uh, a bit disappointing, I think. But I don't know. Like it's, it looks like it's a boat army, is what I'm going to say. Just to be clear, Sky Wardens, uh, just in case we, we missed it because I'm doing this live. Three of them for 130 points can be battle line. They're a good melee unit, um, but you're going to have a real conversation whether or not you're going to trade the melee output uh, for these. Versus the the way the engine riggers are going to re- really be able to help your boat survive, so Skywardens may be missing out on that. I think is going to be quite interesting. Um, but yeah, Skywardens are kind of your melee choice, but maybe don't have as much utility as the other unit. Okay, these are the battalions. Um, probably you're not going to see some of these used, like mainly because the upgrades that you get are pretty weak. Uh, you get expert, which is once per battle. Uh, You can receive an all-out attack, all-out command for free. Basically, all of of the upgrades that you get for the battalions mean that you get to use a CP free once. But you've already got so many CP for this army already that you're legit good and you're in a good place. So I don't think you're going to see any of these battalions. But there are the battalions. There you go. Um, I don't think you're going to see them. I think you'll see Battle Reg. I definitely think you'll see people trying to get more artifacts um, as a battalion versus this. Or more upgrades is what you're going to see. Finally, the way to score points, and let me tell you, it is easy. Very, very easy. Which is good, because one of the problems carriage and overlords probably have is holding objectives. So maybe giving them very easy to achieve grand strategies and battle tactics means that you definitely will get your uh, 8 points, so 5 for each battle tactic, uh, sorry two points for each battle tactic of which there are five to complete in a game and your grand strategy for three points at the end so eight points so then they just have to battle over trying to hold the primary which is more of a problem for them um so like there you go uh, easy as fug is the uh, correct yeah a lot of fug here so uh, you've got masters of the high airs and then there's probably two that you're going to do you've got rule of the skies when the battle ends you complete this grand strategy if there are one or more friendly sky vessels on the battlefield and there are no enemy behemoths that can fly so you already do this if they don't have any monsters that can fly, or behemoth, sorry, that can fly. Uh, and then your boat lives. Uh, you've got another one which is guided by the code, which I think is the other one, and probably the one you'll see all the time, which is when the battle ends, you complete this grand strategy if you complete at least four battle tactics, and every battle tactic you chose was a character and overlords battle tactic. And the reason you will pick that is because these are wildly easy. The first one is destroy an enemy unit with the Bomb Racks ability. Okay? So, like, if someone's got a wound left, boom. You've got Mobilize feet, which is get three, three units inside of Sky Vessel units that weren't previously in it. You've got another one, which is Boots on the Ground, which is get three units out of boats. Again, your opponent can't interact with any of this. Uh, you got Opening Salvo. You could only pick this battle if no units have been destroyed in the battle so far. However, if in the shooting phase you then kill an enemy unit, so it'll be like a first-turn one that you maybe try and do, then boom. You achieve that battle tactic. You've got some smithereens. Pick one objective on the battlefield within 12 inches of any enemy units. You complete this battle tactic if there are no enemy units within 12 inches uh, of that objective. Which, for an army that's very mobile and can do lots of shooting, that's very good. And then finally, you got got Staker Claim. You complete this tactic only if you control fewer objectives. And then um, uh, you complete this tactic if you control more objectives than your opponent at the end of this turn. So again, that's that's like, it's your turn. You're going to be active. So uh, like, I would say that I would say eight points on the board for KO every game. Um, uh, like, uh, feel, I feel the holy within enemy territory is what makes it harder to do boots on the ground. Sure, I guess that's true. Uh, you do have to be holy within enemy territory to do it. Um, so uh, yeah, that does make, that is true. But they're very easy to achieve. And that's it. That's the Caradron Overlords book in total, um, uh, which is good. It was very nice of the team. Um, I, I'm proud to say I was part of the team, the Twitch chat, uh, who bought you this review. Okay, this is an early access review. Uh, like, as in, I didn't get early access. Sorry, this is an early review before the NDA people got the review. So the first time I read it live on stream today with the chat um so there's still loads of things to break down weapon profiles combos all sorts of stuff that's very exciting and very thrilling to look at obviously haven't had the time to do that as we've been reading it through thank you to monkey x for donating five gift subs in the chat but it's been a really fun time and i've really enjoyed it it's looking like it's a much better book Looking like it's going to be very easy to, for them to achieve their bow tactics. Looks like they're going to have some very outputy units and very mobile. Looks like there's also a load of mechanics and tricks. It's a, a cleaner book, a neater book, a, a more well put together book. Uh, makes a little bit more sense. Uh, it's not as complicated. It doesn't have all the eighth of a quart stuff and everything. So overall, pretty fun. If I was a character of lords player, I'd be pretty happy. Uh, I'd be pretty happy. So uh, thanks for watching this. If you are watching this on on YouTube or listening to it as a podcast, then please do um, like and subscribe. And I do have a Patreon if you ever want to join and support the show uh, because that would be ace. And there we go. Hope you had a great time. Thank you to the Twitch chat for making this super fun. Love you loads.